0: this week's episode and our first of 2019 is brought to you by ruby g who suggested a featured movie on our facebook page thank you very much for the movie suggestion ruby if you have a movie you'd like us to cover on a future episode we're going to tell you all the ways you can do that at the end of the show and now mike for the first time this year please play that intro music Welcome to episode 81 of the Graveyard Shift Horror Podcast, where each week we watch a horror movie suggested by one of our fine listeners, and we break it down into the good, the bad, and any other category we decide to make up when something doesn't fit neither of the first two. We'll talk about <laughs> the plot, some production details, and anything else we find fun or relevant. I'm your host Sheldon, and I never worked Graveyard Shift alone. Please say hello to the guy that's in 2019 but still available for those 2018 prices, my co-host Mike
1: hey everybody
0: oh my god mike welcome back are you all ready for another year of horror movies to set up and then knock down
1: uh all the all the cheer and the christmas and the new years and all that is finally behind me now i can get back to being miserable and watching people get eviscerated in a dark room
0: sounds like a plan Alright, so I think we've kept everyone waiting long enough, After we took like quite a bit of a break after the holidays, so what have we got for everyone this week?
1: Tonight's episode is Night of the Living Thing, because we watched Splinter.
0: We sure did, and here is some info on Splinter. Released on Halloween of 2008, Splinter is an American horror movie directed by Toby Wilkins. It has a runtime of 82 minutes, was rated R due to scenes of violence and gore, and had a box office return of approximately $479,000, which I can't determine if it was a failure or a success because I can't find anything about the movie's budget. I'm pretty certain it didn't make a lot of bank, though. Rotten Tomatoes has a pretty big divide on this flick with a critic score of 74% and an audience score of a lowly 49 Yeah. And as for the plot, trapped in an isolated gas station by a voracious splinter parasite that transforms its still-living victims into deadly hosts, a young couple and an escaped convict must find a way to work together to survive this primal terror. So, Mike, without giving too much away, what do you think of this one?
1: Pleasantly surprised.
0: Yeah, it was, it was okay. I mean, it's, it's certainly not a perfect movie, it's not a masterpiece, but it's watchable.
1: Yeah, if it like, there are problems that could have been easily removed. Like they were implicit artistic choices, and if they were taken out, this movie would definitely be a a cult classic.
0: Hmm. Well, the final note I have on this one, while I was uh, watching, was well, if you like to see a movie that's part *Night of the Living Dead*, part *Thing*, part *Jurassic Park*, part Dusk from Dust till Dawn*. And all filmed by a guy that has duct taped a strobe light to the camera used in each of his action scenes. And you're going to love this one.
1: (laughs) If you want to find out which one of your friends are epileptic, this is a movie for you. (laughs) Definitely.
0: All right. So, like I said, we're going to break this down into the good and the bad. And now this can be anything that we liked or didn't like about it. Uh, It can be something as specific as a certain scene, certain character, certain line of dialogue, um, or something as broad as an overall theme. If it's good, we'll talk about it. If it's bad, we'll probably talk about it even more. And as usual, we'll start with the good. And as usual, we'll start with the mic. So Mike, please tell me
1: something good about Splinter. Uh, 20 minutes in, someone gets a Splinter yeah that's good pacing not bad uh, in in seriousness or you know as serious as i can get it's uh not a lot of boring stuff and filler mm-hmm. it, it's it has some necessary cooldown times for characters to be characters rather than just victims yeah and uh you know you know we get time to get to know some of the characters so the pacing i think is not terrible No, actually, that kind of uh, is the first thing
0: I have on my list for the good. Because I mentioned that it has an 82-minute runtime, so it's not long. So it's short runtime, it's fairly fast-paced, there's not really any boring scenes, per se, throughout this movie. And that's always a good thing. There's nothing worse, because, I mean, how many times have I said it on the show, is that, you know, this movie has a runtime of two hours, but they could have easily cut it down to 90 minutes by taking out a lot of filler. But uh, not the case for this one. Like, I mean, this is... The runtime of 82 minutes for this movie was perfect.
1: Mm -hmm. How about you?
0: What pleased you? I gotta say, this was, um, I was kind of surprised, but the acting in this movie was surprisingly decent.
1: Yes, that's one of my goods. The characters Mm -hmm. are, the characters are likable and intelligent. Yeah. Even the guy that reminds me of Screech. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Speaking of which... (laughs)
0: Because I know him from a few things. His name is uh, pa- uh, Paolo Costanzo, Const- uh, and uh, I actually wrote him down in my notes as the character as not Paulo Costanzo, <laughs> but it actually is him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but he looked different in this one from the other things I've seen him in. <laughs> okay? so. so, yeah. Uh, it's just we-
1: like if Dustin Diamond wasn't repulsive. There we go.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I don't know what universe that would have happened in, but... But yeah, it's, uh, you know, for a cast of people that, like, have not, I mean, they're not A-listers by any mean. But, I mean, the cast was pretty well done. Everybody was believable. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody's going to be winning. You got any worries about anyone winning any Oscars or anything like that. But it was good enough for a movie like this. Uh, much, much better than the typical B-movie cast, for sure.
1: Yep. They got actual
0: actors exactly and
1: that's always a plus
0: mm-hmm. um okay what else you got
1: overall a uh, good concept even though it's kind of familiar for several reasons mm-hmm. but uh, still rather than just "ooh, there is a kill there is a slasher in the woods yeah like it, even when you told me like oh someone gets trapped in a gas station i'm like was this atm <laughs> oh yeah but uh like no, the idea of like a uh, a, a splintry fungus that metamorphosizes their their victims again like rips off the thing but kind of me keeps well i i would say original original ish
0: yeah it's kind of like uh it's it's kind of like a cross between uh just like a typical like living dead zombie and the monsters from the the creature from the thing because i mean they do it does infect the person. They kind of morph. You know, they can uh, the bodies can kind of fuse together. They can operate parts can operate separately.
1: But and they're and they're trapped overnight with a group of people from different backgrounds who, uh, not necessarily getting along great.
0: Yeah, and um and the creature itself too. But like whereas the thing it had an intelligence about it, like it could actually pose as the person that it's absorbed. Yeah. This is more brainless, like a zombie, like just acting on instinct. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like, it's, uh, it was, and and it was, I liked it, like, you know, it was something, like, a little different than just, like, oh, it's, like, you're infected by a virus, like, the the things being affected, having these freaking, like, really thin, slivery spikes sticking out of it, where you can't make sure they, you know, they don't prick your skin. It's just, like, it's something covered in needles, and making sure that you don't get, you don't touch them. It, It was, uh, it made for a pretty, it made for some pretty tense scenes sometimes.
1: That, you you just tapped into another one of my goods. Nice suspense. Yeah, nice. The suspense didn't seem too forced. It seemed very natural.
0: No, I totally agree.
1: Okay, so tell me another good.
0: Well, I got because uh, you know everybody that's listened to the show with some regularity know like I'm a sucker when it comes to uh, practical effects. This movie was chock full of it.
1: Oh, the excellent animatronics. Uh,
0: yeah. I actually, what I have in my notes is the effects. Uh, the effects when you can see them were good
1: <laughs> yeah in spite of the camera work <laughs> you, you it, it it if they did have cgi it looked real mm-hmm. and that that's a positive positive. and when they they used uh something i don't know if you've seen videos of it but it's called ferrofluid have you seen it i have not what is that it, it's like a uh, it's a magnetic liquid that whenever mm. they apply like a uh, an electromagnetic current to it, yes. it it turns into spikes?
0: I have, and now as soon as you said that, yeah, some of those scenes actually make sense, especially there's a scene where um, I can't remember the character's name, but the uh, the drug addict gets uh, her hand is uh, cut off and it's like run around the store
1: and it starts like kind of drinking the ooze, yeah, like trying to like reform itself.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense now.
1: Yeah, cause when you yeah, I noticed that whenever I saw like the finger go near it and like it would spike up, I'm just like, oh shit, that's ferrofluid. Oh okay. So like to to have that rather than just like ooh CGI water mm-hmm. ripples and 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 that garbage, it's like oh no man, they're going practical with this shit. I like yeah. daddy like.
0: Yeah, it was it was like a, you know, cons- especially considering that like I know it was a low budget movie. I don't know what the actual budget was. Um, the practical effects were pretty nice. Um, I'll get to, um, a little footnote about that later. Cause like I said, effects were good when you could see them.
1: <laughs> 90%, 90% good effects. There is one effect that I, that not, that doesn't fit in this category.
0: Right. Yeah. We'll talk about that afterwards, but you got have anything else for the good?
1: Uh, yeah. The character's likable, intelligent, uh, the cinder block amputation. That's original. Not
0: bad, yeah. Like, I mean, uh, at least they added a little bit of realism in... The ex- I, I, I Actually, no, I want to retract that statement. <laughs> Not that the act they, they put a little bit of realism in that, because, um, yeah, I don't think that's how, like, an impromptu arm amputation would have went. <laughs> but at least this is kind of like a lot of horror movies where I've said before, like, Holy shit, like, some people, like, they get an axe or a chainsaw, and um, movie directors or special effects guy, they treat it as if it's made out of lasers.
1: It's a lightsaber.
0: Basically, yeah, like, you know, one little swoop and, like, a limb falls off. At least it was, there was a little bit of realism in the sense of how much it would actually take to take somebody's arm off.
1: Yeah, cause all they have is a box cutter and an exacto knife ain't exactly what you need. And the character Seth
0: actually says like, I can't cut through the bone with this. Cut away all the skin and the muscle. I can't get through the bone with this. And he looks over and sees this huge cinder block and just smashes it off.
1: <laughs> well, you need something that can smash the bone. Well, I got something that can smash the bone. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just glad we don't see like one where he like misses and he hits like and he just like hits like half of his arm he has have and a it starts to like kind of fracture and he's like oh shit then he has to do it again but he misses and he hits like the and he hits the pipe and it just bounces off and he just shakes the guy and he's like ah!
0: shakes the guy or like misses and like slams it on his foot or something <laughs> or pulls it back you know pulls it up pushes it, uh, tries to lift it up like to pull it back to get like a power swing and like smacks his girlfriend with it <laughs> <laughs> Play it uh, in yeah. fat, <laughs> play, put, put all those together. Play it in like, at high speed and play yakety sacks over that, and you got,
1: <laughs> you got a great outtake. Oh uh, yeah! And finally, uh, the just overall a good use of science. We've got a nerd in the group, and he's actually explaining some shit, and he, he's good for uh, exposition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and he actually seen and he actually used his science and. You know, it wasn't just like a mouthy know-it-all that still got killed anyway. No, he he used his science and he pulled through. So that's all I got for good. How about you?
0: Uh, the last thing I've got is just for the good, I simply have uh, Jewel Wagner as Polly, because <laughs> god damn. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, I loved her in uh, Teen Wolf as, uh, as the hot ant wolf hunter.
0: I've, oh, you're talking about the TV show Teen Wolf? Yeah. I have never seen an episode of it.
1: No, I saw the whole thing. It was all right.
0: All right. Yeah, I had to mention not, that. Not because. great.
1: There's plenty of uh, <laughs> there's plenty of scenes where it's just like, really, you're going after a guy with just your claws when he's got armor, and or he doesn't, he's not really alive, and yeah, there there were, there was issues, of course. But then again, it's like made for, I guess, teenagers, maybe. Although, you make a show for teenagers, but it's based on something that only 30-year-olds would understand or remember.
0: Yeah, well, you know, most TV shows have uh, 30-year-olds playing teenagers, so it all works out. (laughs) All right, so if that's it for the good, then let's get into the bad. Let's
1: get critical, critical.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, since I ended my good list with uh, the character Polly. I'm going to start off my bad list with the character Polly. Not that there was anything uh, bad about her, but Jesus Christ Seth, Polly, this woman that looks like this, who is with you for some unexplained reason, wants to have sex in a tent. Get that fucking tent up right now. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? do will sit there and whine about how you could be in a hotel room. Get that
1: fucking tent put up. Yeah, she wants outdoor sex. You're gonna get that bucket. Oh. Even if you have to stab that tent between a between a tree and its branches to get a lean to going, yep. you fucking do something.
0: I broke that tent pole. No worries. I'll just keep this side of the tent up with my leg, and you just go to town. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Oh, that really pissed me off, man. I'm like, are you kidding? This is what you're she's like can't she's ready to go dude like she just cannot wait to get this tent up and like i'm sure your tent must be pitched right about now (laughs) and all you can do is like whine about how you could go just go to drive to a hotel
1: i will break off a tree branch to replace that pole if i have to
0: if she okay if i'm him with this girl and she says she wants to have sex outside like under the stars i would have like a makeshift lean-to built in like five seconds (laughs) Oh, that really angered me. But anyway, okay. So, yeah, no polysex in this movie, I guess is what I'm getting at.
1: Yeah, girl that hot and no tits, come on, horror movie.
0: (laughs) Okay, so what have you got for your bad?
1: Uh, Quick cut opening... With milliseconds of this infected raccoon attacking a gas station attendant over bland-as-fuck credits. Oh, I was wondering
0: if you were going to mention the credits in this.
1: Oh, they were not good. Not impressed at all.
0: No. Yeah, there were uh, the credits were pretty 90s, I thought.
1: Mm-hmm. I really got nothing more to say about that except for my next note, but I'm pretty sure we can both agree on that, but... You go first.
0: Okay. So my uh, the next two things I have on my bad list kind of tie in with some things we've already talked about. First of all, I mentioned about my notes about, you know, does this movie kind of take parts from, uh, is parts of other movies. But I just said it takes some concepts from other great movies, but doesn't execute them nearly as well. Um, like, being trapped and surrounded, like, Night of the Living Dead, it never gets as tense the way Night of the Living Dead did, or causes much, like, character conflict as being trapped in a farmhouse as Night of the Living Dead did. Um, the whole absorption, like, kind of like an absorption monster, like, the Thing, the Thing did it. The, the Thing is the pinnacle of, like, infection monsters, as far as I'm concerned. Um... The whole distracting, you know, like, oh, you gotta be quiet and not move, or, like, uh, just trying to distract it with fire, reminded me of, like, that was pulled straight from Jurassic Park. Like, just even a scene where he has a flare lit, and he's, like, one of the characters with a flare lit, and he's distracting the monster by waving it around.
1: Yeah, firecrackers all over the place.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, it's just, you know... I like the way that he did the virus and everything, but there's nothing really that original in this movie, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah, it was uh, more of, like, I felt like I was, instead of watching an original movie, I felt like I was watching more of a homage to uh, a lot of scenes from a lot of better movies. And then, of course, like the whole, uh, very much from Dusk Till Dawn like, the whole, oh, like, you know, they're taken hostage by escaped criminals, but turns out, like, you know, the criminal is, uh, he's a bad guy, but he's not really a bad guy.
1: Like an anti-villain. Yeah, so...
0: Anyway, that's all I got. Like, I, I don't know how to elaborate on that, except that, like, took concepts from, from better movies. And, um, yeah, and uh, since we've already talked about this, um... I'll just go with next on my list because I mentioned, uh, you know, take parts of all those movies and then stick a strobe light onto the camera while filming because, <laughs> Jesus Christ, like, for the love of fuck, he's off on this, like, strobe light shaky cam thing.
1: That's my next bad, so we're, we're doing this together then. Yeah. Uh, it ruined what could have been a much better movie for, like, my, my prime example, I didn't even know the first kill happened. Yeah.
0: Oh Lacey got God. pushed onto
1: the ground, but now she's dead? Like, not struggling, not injured, just fucking dead? How? Yeah, like, and, yeah, which
0: pissed me off, because the effects, when you actually saw her wounds and things, they looked great. Like, really well done. Makeup artists did a, did a great job. But, yeah, like, basically you think she just get pu- she gets pushed down. That's what it looks like. Like, the guy just ran into her, kind of pushed her down. And then when you actually see her, like, you get an actual still shot. When you finally get a fucking still shot, because the actual leading up to her attack was just, like, chopped the hell. And then she's laying on the ground with, like, you know, her side ripped out. Yeah, like, apparently she got mauled. We didn't see that. No. And, yeah, so, I don't know, man. That was, uh, and every... And when you got, like, some nice still shots of, like, some of the gore... Um, some of the, um, some of the effects, like, when you actually, like, they were being attacked by the affected and everything like that, like, when you got, not when they were being attacked, but when you saw some movement with the, uh, infected, it looked good, but every time there was an action scene where, like, the, they were actually being attacked full out, it was just nothing but shaky cams, so you couldn't really see what was happening. I don't know if it's because they they didn't have confidence in the actual look of the monster or something like that. Like, they didn't want to focus, give you a chance to focus too much on it as a viewer. Um, But yeah, it couldn't have been any worse than, like, the way that the shaky cam made it look. Alright, so what else you got for the bad?
1: Uh, my final bad is, uh, and the CGI rears its ugly head. Oh. As the last moment before the flesh conglomeration gets blown up. We could have got the thing from 1982, but instead we got the thing from 2011. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, like, when we see Dennis, he's he's wounded as fuck. Like, not only did he get his arm amputated, but he's also been, like, one arm shotgunning all over the place. And then he's finally, he, he finally gets bum-rushed, loaded with splinters, and you can't amputate your chest. So he's accepted that he's not getting out of this shit alive. So he finally lures the monster outside and there's, there's a final showdown between him and it. And just as he's aiming a shotgun at the propane, this thing finally stands up and presents itself. And so far we've seen great practical effects when it comes to this thing. It looks like a like a bunch of sewn up shit barely flailing itself around like, like it should be because that's what it is and it looked great. But then when it finally stands up to like present itself... For the final showdown. It just looks all melty and shiny and...
0: It looked like like melted plastic. It looked like somebody took a bunch of action figures and melted them down together.
1: Yeah, but luckily we don't have to stare at this fucking thing for long because Dennis blows up the gas station, the monster, himself, and wraps up the movie nicely for us. Mm -hmm. So, the... It was bad, but it didn't last longer than about three seconds, so I can be grateful.
0: Yeah, I'll give them points for that. At least, you know, they had crappy CGI, but at least it wasn't, it barely touched the screen, so that's fine. Yeah, it's just that, you know, like I said, what I saw looked good, but really like that shaky, the whole shaky cam strobe light thing always took away from the scene. And I guess since you said, you like, you know, he, he wraps it up, the ends the movie, wraps it up nicely, uh, I had to put down this for my bad, because this is a classic horror movie trope. The end, or is it? <clears throat> like, did that really do, were he trying to set up a sequel, or did he just say, like, Oh, you thought they got away, huh? But no, because all that the movie ends with is you see some animal in the woods that's infected.
1: I thought it was the original raccoon that got ran over. It looked too big for the raccoon. Hmm, it looked more well, like
0: dog-like to me.
1: Now, if they wanted to have a good, or is it, they should have had a bear eating the raccoon. And then all of a sudden, like, a splinter comes out of the bear's eye. And then we realize, oh, fuck, infected bear? Yeah. Oh, shit. Like get, Like, give the park ranger something to cry about. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, so, it just it just had one of those open-ended endings. Again, like, you know, like, 99% of horror movies do. If it just ended there, that would have been... F- like, if it just ended with the two survivors, like, you know, being tired and wounded, walking away, it's fine. Like, that didn't add anything to the movie for me, for, like, showing that, like, oh oh not done yet. Okay, for my last one, well... There's some things in this movie, and actually they show up in a lot of movies, and it pisses me off. There's always a level of disconnect when watching most movies, but sometimes I wish they would just do a realism check or something. I wish... honestly, I wish I could have been an
1: advisor on the
0: set for this one.
1: Yeah, I wonder what that would be like. That would be like. That would be like. Okay, people, we're about to film the scene where Lacey finds the infected attendant in the washroom and gets attacked. Hey! Hey, Toby! Yeah? Hey, uh,
0: so I was just reading the script again, and I want to make sure this is right. The attendant Mm -hmm. is still alive at this point?
1: Yes, he's still alive. That's why he says kill me.
0: Yeah. Why is he still alive? I mean, everyone else that gets attacked by an infected pretty much gets killed instantly, but this guy's still alive after what must have been at least a few hours... Um, since a splinter mold can control the bodies, wouldn't it make more sense just to have his dead corpse attack her?
1: This is way more dramatic. It shows the agony that the people are in before turning.
0: Oh. Okay. Um, if you think that's better.
1: Okay, here is one of the most tense scenes in the movie. The infection has taken hold of Dennis, and Polly and Seth have to amputate his arm to save him and themselves.
0: Um, yeah. Toby, uh, sorry to interrupt again. Yeah. what is it? Okay, so they amputate his arm with a box cutter and a brick?
1: Yeah, it's brutal, I know.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. But they do this, and Dennis stays conscious the whole time? I mean, don't get me wrong, it's badass. But he doesn't go into shock or pass out from the pain or anything? And in the next scene... Right here, they're drinking beer. I mean, how he didn't die from blood loss to begin with is beyond me, but drinking alcohol on top of having this extremely serious open wound, that would certainly speed up the process.
1: Look, it it's a great scene, it builds character. It's staying.
0: No, no, no. I oh no, it I, absolutely. I'm not saying get rid of it, but maybe some minor changes to No. Okay, whatever.
1: Okay. We're getting close to the end now, people. Dennis is going to take the shotgun from Seth and attack the monster while Paulie and Seth escape and- Oh, come
0: on. Dude, seriously? This (sighs) guy that just had his arm hacked and smashed off has the strength to fire a shotgun? And he's holding it in one hand. I mean, have you ever fired a shotgun before? Even using both hands as intended, there's a degree of strength and control involved. Try shooting it with one hand and all you're going to do is hit yourself in the face. This is stupid. Okay, that's
1: it. Get the hell out of here. Wait. Get off my set right now. I don't even know why you're here.
0: Oh, you know what? Fine. I'm out. Oh, by the way, you need more than just a key to get access to a safety deposit box.
1: Oh, you're fucking dead. Give me that shotgun.
0: <laughs> Ow, my face. Told you. So, yeah, I guess me being on a movie set really doesn't work out.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you, you. it seems like you'd be that guy. Oh, I would
0: definitely be that guy. For sure. Okay, so that's the good and the bad. Now, Mike, please take this very seriously because this is the first one of the year, so, you know, we, we got this has to be a seller one. But I'm very curious what you have for us for this next
1: segment. Uh, I, I think I've got a very good selection for the first of this year's kill of the week. <laughs> and, uh... It's got to go to Dennis. He goes out like a fucking man. He, uh... When we first meet him, he looks like a drugged-out psychobilly. Pretty much is. Yeah. And so he seems like the kind of guy that would just kill these people right off the bat, but when he loses his girlfriend to the monster, and it's clear that her body is now being piloted by this splinter fungus, you think he's going to be that fucking guy... That's going to shoot the glass, open the door, create problems for everybody. Because that's the way it usually is in these in these of the dead scenarios. There's always some fucker who opens the door and lets the, lets the threat inside. So it just seemed like oh, he's the guy, he's emotionally compromised, he's possibly on meth, he's got a gun. He is the threat that's just going to escalate everything. But no. like he backs away from the window, goes with Seth and Polly. he, he has like his little cry, but he, he he actually keeps it together. And he goes from the guy who's the threat to kind of like the uh, like the, the, uh, the antagonistic badass of the group. and he has a great character arc. Because when he gets his arm chopped off, you think he's going to be like, Ah, oh, fucking hate you, you cocksuckers! But no, he's been hiding it, and then when it becomes clear he can't hide it, he makes, he like, he offers them to kill him or cut it off. Like, he's actually a problem solver rather than a problem. And then when it finally comes time for him to show off with this thing, he one-arm shotguns the monster, takes it down, he's running out of shells, and then he just takes on a propane tank, puts that in his sights. Oh, and... Uh, he also explains, like he's uh, he was a bank uh, not a bank robber, but like a, a truck thief. And he the the last job he pulled he killed a uh, he killed the uh, the cop. Well, not killed him on sight, but he shot him. And uh, medical bills wiped out the uh, the family before he eventually succumbed to his injuries a year later. So he, like, all this nest egg, it looked like he was going to get to steal for himself. It turns out he was going to give it to the widow to, you know, at least get the, get her out of debt. To make some amends for what he did. So he's kind of like an, uh, would he be like an anti-hero or an anti-villain? Uh, I still think he's considered a villain. <laughs> so. Yeah, so anti-villain. Like, he's definitely like the bad guy of the group, but he's got noble traits. So I guess that would make him the anti-villain. Mm-hmm. And then when he finally gets taken, it finally becomes clear that he can't do this. He hands over the key with a dog tag to a bank that apparently only lets anybody walk in as long as they've got a key. You
0: can't just open a fucking safety deposit box with a key.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure you need identification. Damn. It's not just like a wall. It's like, all right, if you got the key, open that shit up. It's not a locker at Grand Central Station. Exactly. But he, he gives, and he's got a dog tag with the lady's address and name on it because... Well it, it, well, it works in case you ever need to hand the key off to strangers and you don't have time to give the address and make sure they commit it to memory. But he finally lines up the uh, the propine and <laughs> he takes out that gas station like a motherfucking boss. He faces his, his death without hesitation. He takes out the monster, all the remnants that could be there, like any hands or arms that are skittering about. They're all attracted to the fire that he set, so he he wipes out the entire area takes out the threat dies a, a noble heroic death and he he faces it without regret he, he 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 lived a bad life but he died a man's death so i gotta go to gotta give it to dennis all right
0: good one i personally think i would have went for the cop that gets i don't know how to what to call it splintered in half <laughs>
1: It, that was my kill that was my kill until Dennis showed up. I'm just like it's gonna be really hard to take out someone getting bisected. But taking out a gas station by choice with a shotgun, yeah, that's it's pretty fucking ballsy. Right. And I what can I say, I, I like a redemption story. I'm a sucker for a noble spirit.
0: Alright. Well
1: And and that cop, she should've she should have just listened and gone back to her car. She had to be an idiot. Yeah,
0: when a a gunman says, you don't get back in your car, I'm going to shoot these hostages, you get back in your fucking car.
1: (laughs) That's the thing, I don't think he was just threatening enough, I think he was turning into a good guy too soon. Yeah. He should have had a gun to Seth's head saying, get back in your fucking car or you're going to watch this four-eyed loser die.
0: (laughs) Oh, I was just, while while you were talking about this kill, I was trying to think of, like, you know, all the places that I know Apollo Costanzo from, and... I'm embarrassed to say this, but I think I know him best from that freaking movie from... I don't know when this movie came out, like, back in, like, early 2000s, uh, Road Trip. Remember there was... Uh, Exactly 2000. Oh, really? Okay. Because remember there was, like, a period of time, like, late 90s, early 2000s, where there was these... A lot of these kind of, like, American Pie-esque type comedies?
1: Yeah, a a revival of the sex romps of the 80s. Yeah. So now it was the sex romps of the 90s. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because, and remember the
0: guy fucking Stifler was in pretty much all of them?
1: Oh, yeah. Sean Williams Scott. Is he waiting tables now or is that, uh no, that's the Shermanator. He's actually a waiter in real life. For real? Oh, man. Yeah, the guy that played Sherman is an actual waiter. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, Steffler. Who knows what happened to him? He had he had a string of hits. Like if if he didn't waste his money, he like he made enough to he was, to cash out on. Yeah,
0: Steffler was in a lot of stuff, man. He was in like everything for a while.
1: Uh, the rundown with The rock.
0: Yeah. Um, most recent thing that I saw him in was uh, the Goon movies, where he's a hockey enforcer.
1: Yeah, he was great in he, that, that. Actually, that was fantastic. I fucking man. loved that it. Was fantastic.
0: That. that was a great role for for him. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, I don't know why I remember this fucking movie, Road Trip, because it's I'm sh- it's been years since, I, since I've since i seen it, but I'm pretty sure it was fucking stupid. But
1: Was that the one with Don't Tell Scotty because Scotty Doesn't Know? No, that's, oh, Wait, that was
0: your Road Trip. That's a totally different one, yeah.
1: That's a totally different Road Trip movie with sexy teenagers.
0: Yeah. And, like, Tom, I remember Tom Green was in it, because, like, you know, it was all college kids, but Tom Green was, like, fucking 40 or something.
1: Oh, yeah, that, that would be the teen sex romp on the road I didn't see. Yeah. Because I saw Eurotrip trip because Michelle Trachtenberg, fucking hot.
0: Oh, yeah, she used to be in stuff. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. So, yeah, like, okay, so back to this movie anyway. So, yeah, overall, I mean this movie is certainly no masterpiece it's not up there with like the best in horror or anything like that but considering it's an 82 minute investment of your time it's good enough and it's a decent one it's on a shutter if you' got a shutter you got a shutter subscription then you're all set to go and if you don't have a shutter subscription get one it's gonna cost you five five dollars a month and from what we've seen so far it's totally worth it Honestly, I'd get a Shutter subscription if I didn't already have one. I'd get it just for the Joe Bob Briggs exclusives alone. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's new ones now. Yes, is. got to get looking on that. Some brand new ones. So, yeah, get on that. Like, holy shit. They're, I've only watched some of them, but they're fucking fantastic. The latest one, of course, was his uh, Christmas special.
1: Wasn't there also a Thanksgiving one? There was, yep. For
0: Thanksgiving, they covered all the uh, Phantasm movies so if you haven't seen that you might want to get on that okay well guys that was our coverage of splinter from 2008 i heard to believe man this movie was like like is heading on uh, 11 years old now weird anyway so what do you think of it have you seen this movie uh if you have do you agree with what we had to say did we miss something vital that you want to talk about or uh, did you? What did you think of the movie overall? Did you like it, or did you think it was a pile of crap? Whatever your uh, thoughts of this movie is, or if you have a movie you want us to cover in a future episode, we certainly want to hear from you. You can reach out to us at uh, the old-fashioned way at Graveyardchiffpod at gmail.com. Just fire off one of those old-fashioned emails. You can follow us on Twitter at gys underscore horrorpod on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pod, and, of course, on Instagram at uh, instagram.com slash Pod. If you're feeling particularly generous and you're not too broke after the holidays, you can help us out on patreon.com slash graveyard. For only a dollar a month, you can help, out, uh, help us out with the production costs of the show, and plus get access to some nice exclusive Patreon-only bonus episodes of the show. Our Patreon episodes are a little different than what we do with the regular feed. You know, we kind of uh, it gives us a chance to kind of experiment a little bit. Uh, When we cover a movie, we usually, instead of just breaking it down to the good and the bad, we go with a full synopsis to tell you exactly what happened in the movie from start to finish. Sometimes we cover TV shows if they're horror-related, or video games if they're horror-related. Sometimes we simply do top 5 or top 10 uh, lists of different horror movies, TV shows, whatever the case may be, and of course, our Patreon donors get uh, first pick of the movies we cover. So whenever a Patreon donor su- uh, suggests a movie for us to cover on the show, they are the priority. So go check that out. But of course, we understand not everybody has the money to give us money. But if that uh, if that describes you, you can sell help us out a ton by rating, reviewing, and subscribing um whichever way you get our podcast i'm sure there's a rate review subscribe function there somewhere that would certainly help us out a lot in fact in the long run that's what helps us out the most a uh, subscription or a nice five-star review certainly goes a long way and uh, if you're on social media share us on social media you know our facebook or twitter whatever the case is share us with anybody that you think would, be, would like to listen to our show or like to follow us on our social media accounts that's greatly appreciated and of course uh, word of mouth always goes a long way as well. So keep us in mind when you're talking about horror movies with people. So, Mike, other than the graveyard shift, what other little projects you got going on in 2019?
1: Well, we're officially renaming my first podcast Techno Babble, to Tech Chatter. That's now the official name. You'll be able to find us on uh, Chatter Productions' Facebook page. So if you want to suggest tech devices for us to watch to uh, talk about, you can check that out. Chatter with like C-H-A-T-R, like chat with an R on the end. And I'll be uh, finishing up the Playing With Power podcast year of 1996 and the tenure of original host Ben. We'll be wrapping up that episode, but still continuing the show for at least another year. Of Nintendo Power issues covering 1997 and 1998 at the very least, and uh, uh, trying to cover the uh, the Taste Test, which is my retro gaming uh, podcast. If my uh, co-host, one co-host gets his voice back, and the other one gets a place where that doesn't sound like a zoo. <laughs> so if you uh, enjoy stable podcasts featuring me, this is this is your best place.
0: I agree. This is the most important one, but yeah, check out those other shows; they're they're quality shows too. Um, oh, it's sad. I'm too. I'm uh, sad to hear that Ben is leaving the show, but I mean, I kind of understand. He's got a lot of stuff going on. Hmm. Okay, well, guys, I uh, really hope you enjoyed that. It's great to be back, Mike. Great to uh, be talking about horror movies with you again. I know we took like um, a break longer than we originally intended, <laughs> but. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going on with us too, so we had to make sure that the time was right before. We didn't want to half-ass it, you know. We wanted to jump in with our full asses. So, oh yeah, but great to be back, buddy. We've already got, uh, wow, we've got like a six about a six-month list of movies to cover already <laughs> for this year. So, and more on the way. So we've uh, we've got a lot of coverage coming to you. But, guys, thank you again. We really do, talking about last year, last year was great. Um, You know, uh, there's so much interaction we've had with you guys on our social media accounts. Um, We just really appreciate everything you do. We just want to say that, like, last year was a fantastic year. Um, And we are very excited about the year coming up. I think there's some some nice stuff in development that uh, we want to talk to you about real soon. But that's going to have to wait for another episode, and we will be back with another episode next week. Until then, I'm Sheldon. And I'm Mike. And thank you for joining us again on The Graveyard Shift. (laughs) Woo! That's some quality episode right there.